You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome into another episode here of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team team every day here every single body five days a week covering your New Orleans Saints and welcome to those of you who are watching on YouTube as well for our new YouTube experience so we're very excited to be here with you and across all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well on today's episode we've already got some big news about the New Orleans Saints 2021 NFL schedule we know the week one matchup that they'll open with we also know we also have something to be thankful for come the holiday season and no big road trip for the New Orleans Saints to another country so we'll take a look at all of that as we discuss what we already know and what we don't yet know about the New Orleans Saints 2021 NFL schedule. Then we're going to talk about defensive alignments for 3 all of those and much more in terms of defensive vocabulary. We'll define those as a part of our new midweek fundamentals segment here that we'll do every Wednesday. And then we'll wrap up today's episode with part one of our two-part interview with New Orleans Saints safety Eric Burrell, the undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin was kind enough to join us here on the show to talk a little bit about his decision to uh, come to New Orleans, his what it is that he feels that he's going to bring to the team and which coach played the largest role in getting him to the Big Easy and rejoining other former Badgers like Zach Bond and Ryan Ramchek. So we've got all that coming up on today's episode. And as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, deputy brand manager over at Canal Street Chronicles and Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NFL schedule begins to release here all throughout the day. And don't forget, Cody Rourke and I will be live over at the Locked On NFL YouTube page tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time to react live as more of the schedule comes through. And then we'll also have a bunch of local experts from across the network coming in to talk a bit about what this all means for their franchises. But some information has already come out. A big emphasis, of course, this year in TV deals and all of that. So a lot of uh, networks like NBC got to sort of already tell you what's coming up on their network week one, CBS, Fox, they got to release their week one schedules. We already know the first Monday night football game, all of that sort of already been a part of the rollout uh, starting early this morning here on, on Wednesday. But what we learned from all of that was the New Orleans Saints first game of the 2021 NFL season will be opening up with a 325 p.m. Central Time afternoon matchup on Fox against the Green Bay Packers. Now there's a lot of question marks for both of these teams at the quarterback position. Even Larry Holder of The Athletic taking a Twitter this morning to start a bit of a firestorm, maybe more than he wanted. It's talking about, hey, it's going to be really interesting to watch the Saints and Packers game opening up week one with Aaron Rodgers playing for the New Orleans Saints. But whatever it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see what the quarterback situation is for both of these teams come week one. So lots of questions there. These two teams also met early in the 2020 NFL season, which led to a 37 to 30 loss for the New Orleans Saints in week three. The biggest thing that I'm hoping for in this matchup, though, is full 
full capacity, right? Full of fans all there, which would be a remarkable way to reopen the, the Superdome to that extent, right? To full capacity, to open it up week one at home in a huge, huge conference game right off the bat. And then also being able to usher in a new era in sort of the post-Drew Brees era for the New Orleans Saints in front of their full capacity home crowd would be incredible. Possibly also an opportunity to really honor and acknowledge Drew Brees either pre-game or potentially at half as well in front of the adoring hometown fans. That would mean a lot to them as well, I'm sure. Next, we'll go to uh, another piece that we got to uh, that, uh, of the schedule that we've already been able to get a hold of, which is the fact that the Saints do continue a transition that we've all grown to love Thanksgiving games. Yes, New Orleans Saints back on their Thanksgiving grind. New Orleans will host the Buffalo Bills. That'll be week 12 for a Thanksgiving meal. Now, whether it's first dinner, second dinner, third dinner, or fourth dinner, we don't know exactly the time of the game yet, but it seems likely that this will be the primetime matchup. The other two out of three Thanksgiving matchups are the uh, the Lions taking on the Bears and then the Raiders taking on the Cowboys. So it feels like the Saints are more likely to get the primetime spot out of that going up against the Bills, the, you know, an AFC competitor, and then what should be an NFC competitor as well there, at least a playoff competitor when it comes to the Saints. The only other of those three games that would make some sense would be Las Vegas and Dallas with Dak Prescott returning, but uh, you'd be hard pressed to figure out, you know, putting Las Vegas and Dallas over the Saints and the Bills, but hey, we've seen crazier, but feels like that will be the primetime game for the New Orleans Saints there on Thanksgiving. Now, the other thing that we learned is that there's no international game for New Orleans. There was a small chance that this could have happened because the Atlanta Falcons, a uh, an NFC South divisional rival for the Saints are one of the teams that were on the docket to travel to London for a game as a part of the international series for the New Orleans Saints. But it looks like that game is going to be against the New York Jets, not against the New Orleans Saints. So that's good news for the Saints who don't have to go across the pond to play against the Atlanta Falcons. But this does open up the opportunity for Saints fans in the UK to have a third Falcons hate week. And I want all the photos. I want all the photos. Make sure you send those to me. Uh, and then we also got an idea of the Saints bye week as well. According to the Athletics, Jeff Duncan, the New Orleans Saints bye week is scheduled for week six, which is also the second weekend of Jazz Fest. So I can't even be mad that the Saints got a bit of an early bye week yet again here because the timing is really just too perfect. Now, let's talk about the remaining opponents for the New Orleans Saints at home. They already have the Bills and Packers games, but they're also going to host the Cowboys, Dolphins, and Giants, as well as their division rivals, the Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers, who, of course, they also play on the road. Now, the remaining road opponents outside of those divisional games will be the Eagles, the Washington football team. You've got the Jets, Patriots, and Seahawks. And then remember, there's a 17th game this season, so that means an additional away game game this year as the AFC teams are hosting those uh, those additional games. So that'll be the Saints traveling to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Right now, the Saints are 22nd in strength of schedule, ranked from toughest to easiest. But remember, strength of schedule really kind of only mat doesn't really matter, right? It, it, it's, it's a tough thing to look at because you're talking about the combined win percentage of the previous season, the Saints in the previous season played against the NFC East, which was terrible all throughout the 2020 season. And honestly, they had the great fortune of playing against the NFC South as well, who had two teams that struggled mightily all throughout the 2020 season as well. So that 48.3% win total or win percentage for their opponents going into the 2021 season 
that doesn't really, we'll see how much that holds up, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So look, that's what happens when you play against the NFC East who struggled last year. That's what happens when you play against the NFC South who struggled last year. We'll see what that actually looks like later on, right? Strength of schedule doesn't always translate immediately into wins and losses heading into the next season. All right, so coming up next, y'all, we're going to jump into our uh, midweek fundamental segment. This is brand new here for the show, and it's going to be a lot of fun because we'll also be able to use the visual element over on the YouTube page as well. But this is also going to be very much doctored towards our audio listeners, our podcast listeners. We're going to talk about uh, breaking down four defensive alignments and how the Saints deploy them. We've got that coming up for you next here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And listen up, Saints fans, Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. And right now they're offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. So to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 231-231. This is a unique man-boosting formula, and it's powered by Testafin, which helps to boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass as well. Look at all this lean muscle mass over here. I'm sure I could probably use a little bit of uh, help bulking up myself. So plus, if you text right now, you're also going to get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, which is the most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients that help you get back to shape. Absolutely free. Again, just text draft to 231-231. That's draft to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. family getting back into it here on today's episode of locked on saints don't forget you can check us out over on the youtube page just search locked on saints on youtube.com and of course don't forget to check out our good friends peacock and williamson over at the peacock and williamson nfl show flagship show here as a part of the locked on podcast network keeping up to date with everything going on around the national football league so today we wanted to start off with our new segment here taking a look at some fundamentals defining some terms that i think i often take for granted when i talk here on the show and everything and i want to make sure that we're actually also doing a little bit of teaching throughout all of this as well for folks who want to get to know the game a little bit better. So every Wednesday, we'll take a look at some fundamental things and define some terminology that just help you understand the game a little bit more. And because we've spent such a focus all throughout this offseason so far on the defensive side of the ball for the New Orleans Saints, because that's where they need the greatest improvements, I thought we would start over on the defense. So we're going to take a look or a listen, depending upon how you're taking in today's episode, at some standard defensive alignments. Nothing crazy here. 4-3-3-4, nickel, dime, all those things that you hear all the time. So you can see my little rhyme there to help out. Uh, all those things that you hear all the time, we're going to define them a little bit further for you. So the first thing we're going to take a look at here is a 4-3 alignment. Now, you hear a lot of folks talk about base defense and things like that. This would be defined as a base defense for a lot of teams. 4-3 simply means what alignment you're in. The first digit of that 4-3, right? The first digit, that 4, stands for the number of defensive linemen that are in this formation, 4. And then the second digit is how many uh, linebackers are in this alignment, which is three. So that gives you seven players. You have four players left to make up the 11-man defense, usually two corners and two safeties. So 
in the New Orleans Saints sort of scheme of all of this, which you were really seeing here looking ahead to 2021, is Marcus Davenport, Cameron Jordan over on the edges, let's say. Let's say David Onyemata at probably three tech, which is going to be the defensive tackle that's spread out furthest from the center. And then the, the defensive tackle that's in the sort of one tech area right there in between the center and the guard. Probably Shy Tuttle, Malcolm Roach could be somebody else that they end up picking up and then getting some work there. But those would be your four down linemen or defensive linemen. Same same thing there. Down linemen just means that they're literally down on the line. And then going back one level to the second level, which is what you often hear referred to when it comes to the linebackers, you'd probably see, let's say, Demario Davis as the middle linebacker. And then you would have Pete Werner as the weak side linebacker. So he's lined up opposite where the formation is heaviest for the offense. And then the strong side linebacker, let's say Zach Bond for right now, is lined up wherever the offensive formation is heaviest. So where the tight end is, where the running back is, if the running back's on one side of the, the quarterback as opposed to the other, things like that. That can be defined differently depending upon the team and the scheme. And then right now, let's say you've probably got Marshawn Lattimore and Patrick Robinson slash Paulson Adebo at your corners. And then of course, Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins manning those safety spots. And the strong safety spot can play down closer to the line of scrimmage where you have just one safety roaming over the top. Saints do that a lot. Or you can see them split the field and then go about it that way. It just kind of depends upon where, what system they're playing, what the coverages that they're playing, things like that. We'll go into that another time. But that's basically what your basic 4-3 formation looks like. Now we can take a look at the 3-4 formation. And with this one, it's pretty simple, right? Nothing changes in the secondary. You're still talking about seven players in the box, right? Which is the, which includes the down linemen and the second level players, the linebackers. So you have those. And then you have your four cornerbacks, two cornerbacks, two safeties, your four defensive backs, basically, which encompasses safeties and cornerbacks. So as you look at this, what you'll see differently is, or as you're you're listening to this, what you'll see differently here is that instead of having four defensive linemen and three linebackers, you actually have three defensive linemen and four linebackers instead, three, four, as opposed to four, three. That's the big difference. You're not going to see the Saints run this very much at all, <laughs> if at all. Uh, you'll see them use a lot of odd man fronts, which literally means an odd number of men on the front line here on the defensive line, but you're not going to see them deploy four linebackers. They're working on trying to find a second linebacker right now. So this is not a part of the Saints base defense, but you might see this in like Baltimore or in Pittsburgh and a couple of other places, particularly AFC, where you see some of these three, four alignments as opposed to four, three alignments. This can also be a base defense if this is what it is that the team defaults to the most. And basically what happens here is that your two outside linebackers, one of them is usually an edge rusher so that you can still send four on pressure. And then another ends up being maybe a little bit more of a strong side run defender. Now let's get to what the Saints play the most, which is four to five. This means four defensive linemen, two linebackers, and then five secondary players that could be an additional safety or an additional cornerback. All that you're doing basically is you've got a four three alignment, but you're pulling off one of the the linebackers, usually oftentimes a strong side linebacker, and you're keeping your two coverage linebackers on the field. And then you're deploying five defensive backs by putting an extra defensive back out five, five cents and a nickel. It's a nickel defense. That's a nickel back. That nickel back is so far away and they like photographs. I'm just kidding. But they do end up playing usually the slot, uh, the slot role. And so for the Saints, this is where CJ Gardner Johnson comes in. CJ Gardner Johnson plays a lot of nickel safety. So he ends up being that additional safety that comes in 
for that fifth defensive back. Now, teams started using this to sort of counteract what offenses were doing in 11 personnel or three wide receiver sets. Three wide receiver sets meant that they needed an additional defensive back out there to help with coverage. That's where 425 or the nickel defense really started to come to fruition. So this is what you see the Saints use the absolute most. And they would probably in this instance have, you know, the same corners and safeties that we talked about. Add CJ Gardner-Johnson as somebody that could play over the slot. And then you end up taking off one of those linebackers and probably keeping Pete Werner and then let's say Demario Davis on the field. Now, one more adjustment that you can make here, and the Saints do this a lot on third downs in obvious passing situations, so third and long, let's say, is that they'll also take out of this 4-2-5 defense, they'll take out one of their defensive tackles and then add a sixth defensive back who is essentially your dime defender. Sometimes it's PJ Williams. Uh, We've seen that be DJ Swearinger in additional years or in recent years as well. So they'll add that additional defensive back there in obvious passing situations, but sometimes also utilize that as a means of bringing additional pressure from the secondary as well. So that would be another alignment to watch out for for the Saints, particularly on third down. So those are your four main, let's say, defensive alignments that you would see from teams. Uh, Three of them, the most that you would see from the Saints, 4-3, which they didn't play a ton of in 2020. They often lived in 4-2-5 or nickel sets, and then you saw them use a lot of dime sets with six defensive backs on third down. So that's our first midweek fundamental segment. If you like this, please let me know. You've got a comment section on YouTube. You can always hit me up as well on Twitter at locked, uh, excuse me, at Ross Jackson Nola. And you can check out the Locked on Saints Facebook group. Give me some feedback there as well. Let me know what you want to hear about next week. I'm thinking we probably just go to coverages, cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four, and then take a look at all of that. But if there's something else that you really, really, really want to hear about, then let's go with that as soon as you're ready. But coming up next, we're going to be talking with Eric Burrell, first of our two-part interview you're going to hear half of the interview today. You hear half or see half of the interview tomorrow. And uh, this is great. This is a really fun time to where I just got to sit down and, and kind of chop it up with him about his decision to sign with the New Orleans Saints. He talked very candidly about what it is that he feels he could bring to the NFL. We talked about his achievements, both on field and off the field at Wisconsin, what he hopes to achieve both on field and off the field in the NFL, and which New Orleans Saints quarterback Uh, excuse me, which New Orleans Saints coach rather played the biggest role in getting him to New Orleans. We've got Eric Burrell here up next on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. And now that we know as much as we know about the New Orleans Saints uh, schedule going into the 2021 season, we're going to learn even more all throughout the day. But remember, the over under for their win total over at betonline.ag is nine and a half. So as you see the way that the schedule lays out, if it makes you feel better one way or another, make sure you head over to betonline.ag. It's the easiest and fastest place to place all of your bets and get in on all the sports action going on all around the world of sports, not even just the NFL. Again, you can always check out what they've got on the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. They've even got esports and reality TV if you want to get in on all of that. But when you do get in on all of it because you're tired of sitting on the sidelines and you want to get in on the game, don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word. That way you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit or at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And of course, check out our good friends over at BuiltBar.com. With all that money that you're winning, you know you want to go ahead and get yourself some of the best tasting protein bars ever. They're back and even more deliciouser than before. Nine delicious flavors, including the occasional limited 
time flavor as well. So the best way to keep up with that is to make sure you frequent BuiltBar.com. They've got coconut almond, coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, which is my absolute favorite. They have a ton of different flavors. Let us know what your favorite flavor is. And if you don't know yet, go and get yourself a box of Built Bars. Try it out for yourself and figure it out because most of these flavors have 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and just four grams of net carbs as well. And even the bars that have more grams of protein, up to 18, are only up to 180 calories and five grams of sugar and net carbs as well. So these are amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. So go ahead and get yourself a box at BuiltBar.com. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your first order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all, welcome in. Here we are back for another episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you being here. And today we are joined by a very, very special guest that I'm super excited to have on the program with us today. We got a four-year player from the Wisconsin Badgers, adding to the Badger to New Orleans connection that we have seen more and more over the past few years. Played in 48 games, 26 starts at safety, loaded up the stat sheet on the way to graduation here very recently. Now, former Badger, newly signed New Orleans Saints safety, Eric Burrell, at Eric Burrell underscore on Twitter. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on an episode of Locked on Saints, brother. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the opportunity to just get on this and speak. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, man. I think it's so like we're very excited that you're here in the city and uh, you know, folks are going to be super excited to get to know you here. So we're just going to have a little bit of fun, chop it up and learn a little bit about you. So let's go ahead and start here. Uh, you know, you had the chance in a way to really sign wherever you'd want to head after the draft. You signed with the New Orleans Saints. What was it about the Saints that brought you to New Orleans? Um, honestly, just talking with my agents and a couple of guys uh, that I'd known there, um, obviously Zach Vaughn and Ryan Ramchak, those guys mm-hmm. and Malcolm Roach uh, and similar shoes that I've been in uh, will come into this uh, situation. And just uh, just going back to the drawing board and just figure out what's the best fit for me. Um, so I'm excited for this opportunity, man, and I'm just ready to work. Hey, I love to hear it. So did you have any communication with the New Orleans Saints at any point before the draft? Yeah, that's the crazy thing. A lot of guys I've talked to throughout this process, uh, the teams that you go to aren't the teams that you talk to during the process, which mm-hmm. is crazy. And it, it held true uh, the, with me. Uh, I never not once talked to New Orleans Saints. And it's just it's, it's literally crazy how the thing works. But um, I'm just exci- um, excited to be a, the, a part of the organization. I'm just excited to get there. That's dope. I love hearing that you're super excited to be in New Orleans because I know you came up a Steelers fan uh, as you were coming up. Troy Palomalu being one of the favorites of yours. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're your own player, but I have to ask, like, if Troy Palomalu was somebody that you really enjoyed watching, are there any elements of his game that you molded your own after? Um, Just his IQ, man. It mm-hmm. literally, he might not be the most athletic guy, fastest guy, strongest guy, but the dude, he's just he's always in the right places at the right time. And literally he makes majority of his plays just like that. And he goes 110 every play. Um, So I, I definitely look up to him with everything that I do. And I try my best. Another guy that well, reminds me of myself is Jamal Adams. I think mm-hmm. those two guys that I really stand out, but 
if you ask me to pick one, I'll definitely pick Troy Palomalu, man. It's just uh, ever since I was a little kid, I just looked up to him, man. And he always plays with his hair on fire. So that, I just like that. Um, started off when I was younger. So uh, I like to model myself behind him. All right. So speaking of some former NFL safeties, you had the great opportunity to work with the former NFL safety and Jim Leonard as your defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. What can you tell us about what it was like working with him and what that relationship was like? Uh, one word that I can describe Jim Leonard as the easiest way as possible. This dude's a genius. Uh, <laughs> and obviously you can see that. Uh, with it, uh, me, me and him both came in at the same time in his mm-hmm. coaching career and my obviously college career. And literally we just started clicking. Uh, honestly, it's like everything that he did, he just did it at 110. And he was just, like I said, I, I pride myself in like football IQ. And that was just one thing that he always had, obviously. Him being in a situation that he was in when he was growing up in college, a walk on um, and then making it 10 years in the NFL. That's hard to do. And obviously yeah. he wasn't the fastest, the strongest, but this dude has always stood out. He always it was hard for teams to cut him, honestly. And just when you play that long, man, it's just your football IQ. To, he always says don't make football harder than what it is. And honestly, and that's just that's stuck by me uh, ever since I uh, met that guy. And that's just one thing that I can really take away from him. That's awesome, man. I love hearing those types of relationships between player and coach because that relationship does definitely become so important, especially when you spend four years, four and a half years in you know one program. You develop those relationships as you show up together. I'm curious if you've gotten to spend any time, and, and probably not because you had mentioned that there wasn't a lot of communication with the Saints pre-draft, but who was it that like you had the phone call with? Who were some of those front office members and potential coaches for the New Orleans Saints that you have talked to since signing? Um, Corey Robertson, uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've known him. Um, we actually uh, played against, he was the coach at Calvert Hall and I went, I went to McDonough, uh, and Owens Mills and we always played against each other and we, we always talk trash and stuff, friendly conversations <laughs> and stuff. And I'm real cool with one of the guys that he knows, uh, uh, Shaq, which is mm-hmm. Sean Smith. He's a linebacker that yeah. I just, just got signed to. And, uh, I was just talking to him, Liddy. I was trying to figure out what was the best fit for me. I'm on phone with my agent and, we're trying to decide that. And then Corey calls me like, Hey man, we got a, we got a, a roster spot for you. Like, uh, can you can sign with us? Honestly, is just talk to your agency. What's best fit for you. And I'm like, man, let's, let's take it and run with it. I think it's a great opportunity. And honestly, it just sounded too true, uh, too good to be true. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it's a great opportunity for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Corey Robinson has been a really, really good, uh, addition for the Saints coaching staff. He recently brought in Tino Ellis last year, and now it sounds like he had a big hand in bringing you around as well as Shaq, as you mentioned. So he's been doing, he's been putting in some work, man. He's been putting in some work. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah, I love that. So look, in your previous interviews, you've mentioned before, and I've heard you say the phrase, uh, taking special teams seriously. Now, oftentimes that can be the path to the roster for some rookies, what do you feel like you're ready to bring in terms of special teams? Because you you, you kind of got into the starting role there. Again, 26 starts at Wisconsin. So the special team snaps kind of die down once you earn a starting role like that. So are you ready to dive back into special teams? Absolutely, man. I'm ready to dive into anything they need me to do, man. I was turned the film on special teams since I was, uh, when I first got there at college career, uh, I've been sparking there and uh, I'm just excited. Whatever they need me to do, I'm going to be willing to do everything 110. Um, percent I'm just put myself in the best position possible, and uh, they'll definitely see that through my work ethic and everything that I do. 
Um, so I'm excited just to go out there and just a new environment, new team, a uh, new atmosphere, literally everything, the whole nine. And um, soak it all in and just give it everything that I have. All right, y'all, to catch the rest of that interview and much more tomorrow with our top three Thursday as we take a look at the top three games of the 2021 NFL season for the New Orleans Saints. Make sure you come back for tomorrow's episode of Locked on Saints. I appreciate you as always for being here, for listening, for liking, for subscribing now as you can do over on YouTube, but also rating and reviewing over on Apple Podcasts, which seems to be cooperating much more. But most of all, just Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping me build this family. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.